and welcome to Movie of the Year, the only podcast with the science and the screaming to determine the best movie for any given year. This season, we are focusing on 1973. Tonight, we are focusing on Enter the Dragon. I'm your host, Greg. Hi, everybody. How you doing? You know, we never talk about you. Ah, we don't care. Remember that tonight's show, just like every show we do, it's a game show, baby. And I'm going to be awarding points for great points, for tiny points, for somebody getting points and then being a bro about it. Uh, But if there's going to be a game show and there's going to be points, we're definitely going to need contestants. We've got our returning champion, Ryan. Ryan, are you prepared to enter the ring tonight and leave triumphant uh sensei i am i believe a couple weeks ago you as my mentor yep uh you said wow ryan you don't win uh this season very much at all that's true i did say that i have absolutely kicked the shit out of every opponent that has faced me that is true you have you've been like a man possessed you've had one mission or you've had like a few different missions like it's kind of revenge and it's also kind of the british people sent you and it's also kind of that your temple was disrespected. But anyway, you've got a lot a lot going on, and you're going to solve <laughs> it by kicking at people. Mike, are you prepared to be kicked at? Hell yeah. <laughs> I could get kicked at all day. Wait, hold on. Let me try. <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. It was so far away from me. Yeah. But it was so scary. But it made a lot of sound. I could hear it going through the, through the air. Also, I forgot to put my Converse in action mode, oh, yeah. uh, so it flew right the fuck off. Yeah, I'm going to need that back. That's what was scary, actually. I'm, I, I'm not afraid of getting hit, but like a ball coming at me or a bird's shadow, <laughs> uh, that's the kind of thing that scares a me. A bird so. in the house, you know. A bird's balls. Uh, Mike. Yes, sir. I kind of fired Ryan up a few weeks ago, and he has been like using that momentum. Do you want yeah. me to fire you up, and then you can use the momentum? It seems so weird to be like, why won't you mentor me? Yeah. Why can't I get a, a guide? But uh, yes, please, motherfucker, guide me. Okay. Well, I, is this there has to be some rule against this about like this feels like some Don King shit. No, because I think like uh, Ken and Ryu had the same master, Shang Long. Yeah, I feel like he did teach them some of the same moves. <laughs> Just some. He did teach them to wear different colored uh, geese. <laughs> Ken, I'm thinking for you, red. Boom. Okay, we had a busy day. <laughs> go, Everybody take fun. Go practice in the waterfall, and I will see you guys tomorrow. Uh, so, Mike, here's what I here's what I think you need to do, man. You need to pull mm. your head out of your ass. Oh, all shit. right. Okay. And you gotta Real give talk. me you gotta give me what I want, but I can't know that you're giving me what I want. Mm. Because then I'm going to shut down. I'm going to bat it away. You have to right. move without moving. Can you do that? Can you beat? Can yeah. you have the movement of stillness? I'll be like water. Fight without fighting. Yes. Not uh, to go against my mentor's uh, training. Well, this is specifically Mike's training. Sure. Like how big guy. <laughs> I was did your training earlier. I was just walking past the dojo and I overheard. <laughs> uh, Strolling on by. If Mike put his head in his ass and charged at me, I would scream and right? run. That would be fucking <laughs> right? scary. Because that guy that will do that- anything. <laughs> It sounds like it'd be funny until you see it in real life. Yes. And then you're like, what is happening? You know those people who will cover up um, like with a big hat to their nipples and then draw a face on their... <laughs> I, I do know those people. Always funny. People. Always you know that funny. type of person? Yeah. Uh, if my... I come from a family of people that do that. So. <laughs> That's half of my uh, genealogy. If Mike puts his head in his ass and then still draws a face on his torso and runs at me, I'm... 
I can't win that fight. For sure, yeah. You'll just go, you'll just go somewhere else. <laughs> I won't walk Definitely. somewhere to, uh, to a different location. This sounds like <laughs> something that Preacher would make somebody do. <laughs> yes. Put your head in your ass. And then like like three issues later, you cut back to that person and they're still trying to do it. <laughs> trying. No, yeah, you don't have a choice. Enter the dragon. What, if any, history do you gentlemen have with Enter the Dragon? Mike, let's start with you. I'd seen clips. Yes. And I knew it was his last movie. Okay. And I have felt remiss my entire life. Okay. A little, uh, for not having seen it. A little bit on the remiss side. Uh, but you hadn't yeah. seen it. But you were, like, aware of it because of, ha- of how zeitgeisty it has been? Yeah. Uh, Ryan, how about you? As, as the movie guy, had you seen this movie? I don't think I had I have not sat down and watched this movie as an adult. Um, this movie was on all the time when I was a kid, but it was very famously, uh, not just famously in my family, but in the world, uh, a My Brother and My Dad movie. Uh-huh. Um, they would watch this. And now that I think about it, it wasn't just a movie for the two of them, but maybe a movie they would put on to get me out of the room. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck this guy. Let's get rid of him. Um, but yeah, you know, like, you know, you have your movies with this parent, your movies with this parent. So this yes. is one of theirs. Uh, I have seen it, but I, I wouldn't be able to, like, discuss it as an adult until this very night that we're on now. The night where Large Marge sent you. <laughs> yeah, I also had never seen it, but was you know very much aware of it. I don't think I knew that it was his, his last movie before he passed. And is that what we're calling it, his last movie? Because it's like it's the last one that came out when he was alive, right? right? And then they kind of like put together as much film as they had for like three other movies. Right. In the same way that the SoundCloud rapper Juice World, who died in like 2018, is still Putting releasing albums. albums like all the time. Whoa! Yeah, they just because they're just like, remember that time Juice World popped by and like just did a track? Um, could we get that? Can we, we went pull from that SoundCloud out? to Heaven's Cloud. Th- this is the last movie Bruce Lee knew right. he was making. That's true. Yes, yeah, the last one that that he knew he was going to be in, um, but and I, I but then I watched it in the like the the pre watch that we did for nineteen seventy three season, and so I was eagerly awaiting it. Um, I think it is known for for many things, and uh, it is there are some things about it that I was not quite prepared for. Me neither. <laughs> Well, you know what? I can tell that we are absolutely itching to get started talking about this movie. So we are going to take a very quick break. And when we come back, that's exactly what we're going to do. Enter the Dragon follows Lee, played cleverly by Bruce Lee, a Shaolin monk who must leave the monastery and make his way to an island with no pistols and no guns. He must enter a fighting tournament to reclaim the honor of his family and his temple, and I think maybe England is in there a little bit. <laughs> and he has to do this all for under a million bucks. He manages to win the tournament and defeat all his opponents, even a guy who keeps replacing his hand with things far less helpful than a hand. But he isn't alone. Joining him are Roper, a washed-up gambler down on his luck, but with more than enough skill to hold his own, and Williams, an unconventional fighter whose character was rewritten to die because the guy playing Roper didn't want his character to die. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, I ask you this. What elevates Enter the Dragon above our conventional martial arts movie into something that has stood the test of time? Uh, Bruce Lee. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I would say I, that, first and foremost. Bruce Lee's actually what we're talking about in a different segment. So okay, please so talk, no, about talk about what makes him. this Anything movie. Anything else. 
Yeah, talk about what makes this movie so good without talking about what makes it I- too iconic. And please don't mention Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee. But <laughs> do get in there and really. <laughs> tell I do Earth. think the the blend of uh, you know a martial arts film and black exploitation vibes and James Bond uh, tropes. Yeah, they they're just like these. This is all cool shit, right, guys? And at first, I was like, "What?" And then by the end, of like, "Yeah, you were right." I feel I, like I want to see this all the time. Everybody remembers the martial arts part of this movie, but this is a this is a spy flick. This is a yeah. rollicking spy flick. I I think it w- sometimes it would be hard to remember the martial arts parts of this, this movie. Like they are almost few and far between. Uh, they are the best part by far. Right. But I want to start with the screenwriter, a person named uh, S.C. Greenwriter, who um, all, essentially took the script for Dr. No and used a pencil and eraser <laughs> to scratch out Ryan. some parts of it to write Bruce Lee, please do cool stuff here, and then turned it in. If Bruce Lee was not in the script, sorry, the if, script literally says that at parts, right? Like, like, it'll go like, and then Bruce Lee will do martial arts choreography here. I mean... The job of the screenwriter is very hard. I'm just saying, not <laughs> every sound sc- like it. Every, not all screenwriting jobs are created equal, and this was, the, and we've seen this before uh, with a lot of martial artists. But uh, you know, like uh, musicians, maybe if they're going to be in a movie, like let's say all the Elvis movies, the dialogue's not important, the story's oh, yeah. not important. You know, right, yeah. you bring your um, f- uh, first talent to the movie. And then the other, the rest of the movie is important. But yeah, I do uh, see what Mike is saying in that these movies are very popular in basically every country except for America. We we need America to like it too. So let's add these additional things. Mm-hmm. Do do the spy things work to an extent? But if Americans demand these baby steps into the genre, you know, oh, I understand the spy stuff. And now I understand the martial arts stuff. And now I'll watch martial arts movies. Then give the movie at least credit for that. Yeah, definitely. Although there were times where I was like, wait, why? Why is this happening again? Because I, I don't want to say like you tune out. But there is so, I will much, say that. They, <laughs> there is so much shifting gears in between the like different moods of the movie. Like, okay, now he's being oh, yeah. a spy. Okay, no, now we're back to the martial arts tournament part. Okay. Does the music help at all? Dude, okay. We have to talk about the music. One thing that I think is so interesting about the music is when he is being his most deadly, the music is scoring him a little bit like a monster. Mm-hmm. Like, there is something... The music contributes to this, like, kind of, um, I don't know, almost unease with the, the violence that the movie is kind of, like, actually presenting to you. There are times where the movie seems to be like, no, what we're so what we're supposed to be like giving primacy to is this like stillness and gentleness, right? But instead, this guy is turning more and more into and like I just like a wanton killer. Yeah, he kind of I feel like he forgets his uh, temple's teachings the minute a, he gets to this island. <laughs> a little bit. The movie starts off with a solid a solid act of like you know, oneness with everything and, like, thinking before you strike and there's no division between me and the rest of, like, the universe. And then it ends with literally our heroes stomping various people to death. Well, yeah, that is code. Me and the universe are one is code for here's how you snap somebody's neck with your pinky toe. (laughs) Wait, do you remember how? 
It's 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 the twisting motion. I you noticed the stamping was only so much, but then they would like well, do a little bit of a twist, and that's you stamp to, to really done. get them digits in there uh, into okay. the meat, <laughs> and then you twist. Now I legendarily have uh, my pinky toe is like a raptor toe. Yeah, is uh-huh. that going to help me out at all? Oh, I don't think you need the second step. <laughs> I mean, you just you- raptor right in there. Have no, you no. ever seen an eagle kill its prey? They basically just hold it and then like poke it with the toes. So. Don't get it twisted. My pinky toe is not like a raptor's toe. It's a full-on velociraptor as a pinky toe. So I'm just going to send that bad boy over. Yeah. You just kind of slowly walk forward with your right foot out. <laughs> um, <laughs> this might be a, a silly way to put this, but is there any chance that the action itself elevates this above your average action movie? Because... We have seen a I, I, in my lifetime. I see. I feel like I've seen a lot of martial arts movies. I don't think I've ever seen anybody fight as least as is as interestingly as he fights in this movie. Like the amount he moves, the amount he does, how deadly everything. Well, looks. sure, and uh, I mean, so often most of the action movies that we've seen in our lives are. Uh, all of the big Hollywood stuff are Steven court- Seagal, who I don't honestly, I don't think he ever knew even had to do like any fighting. I don't no, know. What? I mean, there is <laughs> Steven Seagal will do run through or like walkthroughs. Like you ever watch football players do walkthroughs yeah. uh, the day of, like the day before the game? That's Steven Seagal full blown acting. You do a move, and then Steven Seagal kind of just like goes like bah, yeah, like bops you with the back it, of his in hand. an office. Chair. That's how good he is. <laughs> but um, usually they're staged by uh, second directors or. You know, John Wick famously had incredible people staging all this. Yeah. This is done by Bruce Lee himself, which is important because of not just his knowledge, but because he was the star. Yeah. And, um, you know, doing making all those decisions right. and, not, and not leaving it to the director. Um, I, I mean, I think that that's the thing that this movie is most known for, right? That, it, that he basically is the action. That literally the script says Bruce Lee gives us some action. That, and why, he, like, made it all up. That gives your star the, a lot of control. Why the Dr. No elements are not remembered at all. Yeah, like, that's not part of the cultural memory of this movie. Like, when it happens... When, when Han just has a cat, I'm like, come on, guys. You, yeah. can't, you can't even change what animal is his pet. There are a couple times where the movie seems to be taking a stab, no pun intended, uh, at saying something. One of them is in the middle of a fight scene, the one where Williams... In the middle of a fight <laughs> The one where Williams dies, I guess by being clobbered to death by Han's hand. Um, in the at the end of that fight, he gets kicked into a room full of like giggling hippie girls yeah. who yeah. then proceed to just giggle as he is beaten to death. And I felt like, okay, you're trying to tell me something here, movie. But I don't know if you decided what it was before we started showing it to me, or if I'm supposed to like do you most of the do the work. What is that? <laughs> do you think that whole like the giggling hippies thing? I, so we had gotten a hint that Han uh, gets girls hooked on heroin, and yeah. then gets them to do what applies them, and gets them addicted, and gets them to do whatever you want. So I feel like they're just at a certain. We've seen girls who are dead because of it. We've seen girls who are new okay. in this process so it feels like this has been the fully hooked before like he sends them out to die stage that's okay so that's like that's a reason within the movie but i yes. feel like i see it and i'm like okay i am be- i am experiencing imagery and i am supposed to find the meaning beneath the surface here and i i think given like how williams is like well fuck you and fuck this heroin deal and Robert's like yeah i'm in uh <laughs> Well, I, I think be... Roper. I think Roper is just trying to buy himself some time. I think yeah. Roper is the like because 
that actor Hal Saxon, what's his name? John Saxon. Yes. Um, not wanting to die on screen or be the first to die. I think that he he doesn't want to also be the bad guy or be in bed with Han. I think that he is trying to um, you know, get to that point where he can give Bruce Lee the thumbs up at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that uh, what we're saying is that all of these um, our rainbow coalition of heroes at the beginning can work together to defeat. We can figure out who the evil foreigners are, right? We can <laughs> we can work together to point out who right. the bad guys are. Um, who the the fact that they're all drug addled hippies is I, I I don't know if that's just remnants from you know the summer of love and how yeah. how much we hated all of that as a nation. I don't know. I do. I did love the newsreel that they watch where a body washes up on shore uh, and there's a close-up on her arms that is just riddled in yeah. needles. And yeah. the, the British guy that's giving him the assignment is like, look, body up washing off shore, not a big deal. Like, that shit happens <laughs> all of the time. But from needle, from drugs, that's crazy. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not so sure about that. Uh, and then I guess I thought it might be tied into the, to the movie's view of strength that, like um, – strength is the premier virtue because it is the virtue that protects all other virtues and hippies like abandon that mm. you know they like they they give up the view of a strength first worldview and so that makes them ultimately like compromised because they can't protect what they're what they need to and i that and i i think it it feels like when we let the West influence us, things go poorly. Because even mm. though Roper and Williams are heroes, they're both shown to be dirt bags in different ways. Uh, yeah. And and that's like, the gambling is why Roper is so desperate and that's part of his downfall. And Williams, uh, he, he's a strong lover. Yeah. And that feels like part of his downfall. So it feels like the, the Western influence is not necessarily a positive one. I, I see what you're saying, but also I think that the ultimate idea of the movie, at least the first act, which I think is really tight plot-wise. Like, yeah, fo- like kind of focused. Much more focused until yeah. the movie's just like, let's just fucking do whatever, yeah, guys. Yeah, man. <laughs> um, but I think that the point, like the movie's got a really strong focus, and this is why I think it is different than a lot of action movies that would follow, um, is uh, it different than not other kung fu movies but action movies in general is a uh against this idea of toxic or masculinity and Mm -hmm. therefore toxic masculinity in that um we are not out to show our strength we are out to fight the bully so there's this guy on the ship when they're traveling to Mm -hmm. han's island right who will just uh here's a guy who's bringing out uh oranges so we don't get scurvy because everybody knows that if you step on a ship for for yeah. one second you will oh, get yeah. you will get scurvy so here's a basket of oranges and the guy kicks the basket and so this is our good oranges those are that's, that's our <laughs> anti-scurvy protection that guy uh, is pro scurvy <laughs> and just has the face of a movie bully just yes what a fucking thug and uh lee tricks him into just being on a boat Hell traveling yeah, behind the ship for the rest of the thing. Um, the best part is he says, my technique is the art of fighting without fighting. And the guy's yeah. like, I want to see this. And he's like, all right, <laughs> go go hop in that boat. And then you go, you go float sinks. back to shore. <laughs> in the meantime, uh, while, um, what are their names? Roper and Williams yeah. are trying to take in their boats to the ship. They're floating down something I like to call Flashback River, yeah. which I could have <laughs> yeah. stayed on for the entire movie. The boats move very slowly, so you have a big opportunity to flash back on stuff. It, and it's that's crazy where, 
that they just did like previews. It felt like DC EU style. Like you'll get those movies later. (laughs) It's like Wonder Woman and uh, Barry Allen watching little clicking on logos of them. Um, But yeah, we see that you know they're not the they're they're have these roles all in society and they're against bullies. Williams was I've heard I read. you know, achieved rousing applause in audiences. Oh, yeah. He would kick cops into fences and then dogs would eat the cops. I love that. Hong Kong, 1970s, new ACAB, way before American (laughs) movies seemed to embrace that. Well, honestly, that's one thing I feel like we've really experienced between this season and the 75 season was that the movies were more progressive yeah. in that way, you know? And that's part of what happened is the 80s came and just went, oh, enough of that, and just gave the backhand to, like, all of that stuff, and then we we became kind of bootlickers again. Well, I mean... Hollywood did, not me. Let's just... Uh, you were Have doing you it in your diapers. Let's uh, <laughs> let's just blame another thing on Ronald Reagan, shall you we? You know what? That Honestly, that is like... Ronald Reagan. Well, <laughs> well... I'm giving you... Ryan. Both my points there because we my were. My wife is a road goat. My wife. <laughs> when we come back, we're building a Rushmore to scandals. Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore. We have changed the game, ladies and gentlemen. The producers demanded that we get more candidates before just throwing people up on the mountain. Apparently, the four presidents that are up there are not just the four first choices that they thought first of. four presidents and for then presidents, that's it no yeah. more well there you go maybe we'll do some more uh so we are going to be talking about the scandals of 73 and i'm looking for you know i want i want some spicy scandals i don't want like a bunch of kids ate something that made them sick i want I'm sorry. i said that once eight years ago <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry <laughs> I don't want a bunch of kids choking on stuff or a bus driving off a bridge. I want people's underwear ending up in weird places. Oh, okay, that's, Delete, delete, delete. That's what makes a scandal to me. Somebody with a weird underwear situation. This, I will hear four before I put any on the mountains, and nobody can change my mind on that one. This was a rough one. Um, sitting on Google Hill, where I go and think about my thoughts. Yep, of course. Um, thinking about Scandals of 73, man, is... Were my thoughts filled with one thing and one thing only, and was it hard to think about anything else? Yeah. <laughs> Bing Mountain, I learned, is not a great thinking spot. Oh, Mike. Matthew Perry just died, and you're sitting on Chandler Bing Mountain. <laughs> it's his corpse. Could That's you what I call be it. any more offensive, Mike? <laughs> Chandler. I'm Janice. Ryan, that's my, that's my Janice. A eulogy. Let's go with your first choice going directly to Maybe Mountain. What do you got? Greg, this was a uh, scandal that covered a couple years, but in 1973, uh, Nixon makes his moves to um, cover up all of the stuff that happened. And often, Greg, uh, it's not the thing that happened, but it's the cover up. Is that the phrase? Yeah, that's exactly how they put it's it. So it's smooth not and the pithy. thing that happened. It's the cover up. It's not the crime. It's the cover-up. It's not the crime. It's the things that you did to not make the uh, the crime come out to the public that lets them know about the crime that happened. Yes. Um, so th- here's where he made, he was like, I, well, I don't <laughs> want any of that stuff to happen. And so... It's so, it's so weird that your Nixon set word <laughs> is your Reagan impression. Uh, this is my uh, impression of president. Uh, <laughs> well, I uh, am uh, not a crook. And... <laughs> 
So 73 is when most of that went down. 74, I think, is when... He was. They were like, "Could you just leave this?" You house? gotta, you gotta skadoosh out of here, man. <laughs> skadoosh. We uh, gotta skadoosh you out of here. But I think '73 is when he was like, "I'm gonna fucking do some crazy shit, guys. Are yeah, you with dude. me or not?" I'm gonna start firing, this, folks. Yeah, the Saturday night massacres yeah. in like the summer of '73. What a fucking look! Bad guy, bad things. I don't back up anything he did, no. including. Going to China. That's what everybody says when they want to back up Nixon. They were like, hey, well, he did go to China. Um, we had a friend that went to China. It's not always a positive thing. but Sometimes it ruins their personality. <laughs> but Saturday Night Massacre, what a badass name. Yeah, dude, pretty yeah, cool. That's a good PR. This, Wait, I mean, bad PR, but dope name. This was back before politicians realized you could just go, nah uh <laughs> Yeah. I didn't. And uh, I'm, not, I'm not stepping uh, down ever. I know you did, but what did I? I know that uh, the Dems said that I did that, but did you know that the Democrats will kill babies in their uh, seventh trimester? <laughs> Just for that sweet, sweet adrenochrome. And the news is like, we don't know if that's true or not. <laughs> We're not looking into it. Both sides. Both, Both sides. sides. Both sides. <laughs> the Nixon, I'm going to say Saturday Night Massacre, and we'll, we'll focus on that okay. one. Mike, who was your first candidate for the maybe pile? Uh, That one, but... <laughs> so, Who was your second was, candidate for the maybe pile? Uh, a little. I don't know if you guys have heard of him, uh, but he's a little-known actor and fight choreographer named Bruce Lee. Bruce he died Lee. under mysterious circumstances, and everybody thought it was a plot against him. Scandal! Now, this was not because he was shot by a blank. No, that's his son. He was right? not killed by Alec Baldwin. Oh. But he woke up. What did happen? I'm not even clear. He woke up. <laughs> Thank you for. Very briefly booed you. <laughs> <laughs> that was like they touched me on the nose. <laughs> Boo. Um, he woke up dead, right? No, you don't he woke do that. Dead. Um, but like with a mistress or something. Yeah, they, and like some people are like, "Wait, did she poison him?" It, the, the it's so convoluted. Yeah, the whole story behind it. Which, we could do a whole show just which about is great that. for scandals. Um, yes, I'm just gonna say it. I think we need a you must remember this about yeah. this so that we can't figure out what happened I think she here. she did one. Oh. Oh, and really? It's dope. If she yeah. did, I would know about it. I thought it was something about oh. like his extreme diet really weakened his mm. kidneys or and something I, like that. Yeah, I know that on the set of ETD, Enter the Dragon. Uh-huh. Very good. Oh, damn, that's cool as hell. Um, he was right. uh, passing out a lot. He was uh, well, he... 130 pounds on this movie. Yeah. That is crazy. Which, uh, that's what my dick weighs, so... Oh! oh. You know, he's got a fat cock. You know that's skinny. Mike. That dick got diabetes. <laughs> I'm calling it a prick. But... I don't know. It's not perfect. We're workshopping. <laughs> because of the... Yeah, it, it's a scandal, right? There is mysterious circumstances. We don't exactly know what's going on there. Uh, people think of it as, like, a curse or, like, the triads killing him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was part of them. Yeah. yeah. I, I kind of wonder if it just had to do with trying to be, like, as thin as possible for this movie so that his musculature really popped, which it did. It it, looked, he looked great. Oh, it popped. And uh, Greg mentioned Steven Seagal earlier. Uh, yes. What is the opposite of that? Like, he was working <laughs> himself fucking to the bone every second of this. Like, yeah. he wanted to be a star. Somebody just handed Steven Seagal stardom. Like, mm-hmm. he, he was just on that boat. Suddenly, it was under siege, and boom, a star was born. And then later, he was just Rose on up. a train, and suddenly it was under siege to dark territory. Another siege? <laughs> Stop it, you guys. Each action star has their own curse. 
Can, he will always be under siege. Can you put something that moves under siege? A siege is like <laughs> a fixed military position. <laughs> it's a boat. It just it's, it floats away from the siege. Mike, what is your next pick? You're the last of your maybes. Um, I think it's actually Ryan's turn. Is that true? Because I yeah. did Bruce Lee. Ryan, the last of your maybes, and don't give me guff like this Mike guy. The I'm sorry, Ryan. <laughs> what the? F- <laughs> I was trying to be a bro and that's help true. My no, that's true. Competitor out. Mike. Always a good idea to help out your competitor. That's what the martial arts are all about. Uh, my next one is I don't know if you've heard of this person, um, actor. Sometimes. Uh, he was sued in 1973 for making it clear to everyone who worked for him that if you are black, you cannot rent in any apartment oh, yeah. at any of his buildings. His name was Donald Trump. Uh, he acted in the film Home Alone 2. And Little Rascals. And Little Rascals. Really? Was he one of the yeah, Little Rascals? Yeah, he was the shitty blonde rich kid's dad. Of course and, he was. And he had a, a four-year term of service mm-hmm. as president of the United and God States. willing, one more of those. Uh, <laughs> one more four years. One more four oh, years. Oh yeah, definitely. I definitely get the sense that he's just trying to be president for four more years, and then he's <laughs> gonna ride off into the sunset. That's all for him. That's all. That's all he wants to do. Yeah, this a uh, lot of scandals for our boy Trump. This one, I th- I thought uh, you know would make you disqualified for being the president, but yeah, a ra- racist. I guess there's something of an American tradition, racist, like, housing if, decisions. If are. you're a, what is it, a septuagenarian, uh, you're going to have some racism in your past. Yeah, just a little bit. Just a scotch. If you're in politics. I, th- I think there's great septuagenarians who don't have racism in their past, but they don't get in <laughs> politics. Mike, if you would not mind, if it's okay with you, I would like to hear your next maybe. If the timing works for you. Uh, speaking of great state leaders, uh, Idi Amin took 112 Peace Corps folks hostage because somebody said maybe they weren't Peace Corps, they were rebels, and he went, not going to look into this, they are my hostages now. And how'd that work out for them? Uh, they were hostage for two days, and actually this is a, a fun scandal. They, they, they were released. They, everybody hey. turned out okay. Hey, nice. It all worked out. A though. lot of the ones I have don't turn out that way. <laughs> All right, so let's see. I am going to... Well, you need one more, right? Well, I take four, and then I take two with the first four. Well, I thought you take five, and then you put one in. Okay, sure. Greg, you do whatever you want to do. I will, I'm take, not gonna... I will take another, because then you have each given me two, so it seems more fair. No, I'm doing it my way. I get four, yeah. and then I put one in, and then I take another one, and then I put another one in. That's how I did it last time. Um, so, of these, I'm going to... You, you got to go with Nixon. It's like... The the name basically is synonymous with scandal. Uh, and who gave me Nixon here, Ryan? Was that you? That was me. Ryan. First one up on our mountain, Nixon. But let's get him a little bit of company. Uh, Ryan, are we to you? That's me. All right. Uh, okay, I can't even believe this happened in 1973, and we're not even talking about it as much as we should. The United States launches Skylab. Skylab! Which we all know is a neural network-based conscious group mind and artificial general superintelligence system created by the Cyberdyne systems for SCAD NORAD that will one day go on and absolutely destroy the world. Oh, man. Such a bad idea. Do not make Skylab. Skylab or Skynet? Uh, uh, Are those those different? They might be different things. 
Skynet, Skynet is, is from Cyberdyne. Yeah, but Skylab, that was the international. It's like a space station. Yeah, those are the same. Skylab No, Skynet. I think these are different things, Ryan. I think you're getting two things confused Skynet here. Skynet is uh-huh. from Skylab. Skylab is Skynet. They put it on the Skynet. Right. So that it would have the net. Skynet. Okay, so we'll, go, we'll say these are the same thing. Skylab right. slash. Skylabernet. Labernet Sky Retriever. Net. I, th- th- don't you just, to hedge your bets, don't you just not even call it something like Skylab? I right. mean, that's so close. Even yeah. in 1973. Well, it's a time travel franchise. They should have known. 11 years they before. It's a time made. travel franchise. I mean, I think you've got access to well, it there. That's what's fucked up. There's a real company out of Silicon Valley called Cyberdyne now. Just like there's a real See, one called uh, Soylent. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's that's edible. Come on, guys. That's been around for a while. And we, that's just people. I feel like we don't have people. a ton of like media literacy in this country anymore. Like another one is a there's like a, a spy software called Palantir. Palantir's the the evil like glass balls that you look into in Lord of the Rings and like the the Dark right. Lord can just see you. Why would you <laughs> why would you why? do that? Southern Green was seventy three, right? 75. So Green was 75. Oh, no, it was 73. Yeah, but it wasn't one of our movies. And we just passed because we were like, we it's so it boring. So we get well, it. because this was the time we we figured out that and in the 70s, there was like no good sci-fi. It was like if you had a bad idea, they're like, add a spaceship to that <laughs> and just call it sci-fi. Call me in the morning. <laughs> and we will give you $45,000 to make that movie. I For number two, Friends Forever, I'm going to put up Trump. Damn. Ryan knows shitty old white guys. Yeah. It doesn't have to be an insult, Mike. You could just be like, congratulations, Ryan, on your triumphs. I I, I am comfortable that Ryan is always like, do you know who really belongs on Mount Rushmore? Nixon and Trump. And then he just made it happen. Man, I am just remembering that near the end of his term, Trump started floating the idea that maybe we should put him up on Mount Rushmore. He's... It sucks. He's funny. He's a funny guy. <laughs> he he uh, wanted the Nobel Peace Prize, and he wanted to be put on Mount Rushmore. Why? Oh, Obama guy. Give me it. <laughs> Give me it. I want it. Give it to me. Okay, let's go to lightning round fashion. Mike, what do you got lightning round fashion? This just means talk less, right? Like, shut the fuck yeah. up and tell me. Yeah. It, this is called the Lilyhammer Affair. It was Netflix's first uh, original. Can I tell you what it is? Sorry, though? yeah, that was a little uh, bit of Masa- a delayed press there on my part. Mossad agents—they uh, killed the wrong guy. They were trying to kill uh, a terrorist, and they killed a famous musician's brother. They just did not do their due oh, diligence. Oh no, that has weird saliency. <laughs> oh, I have more weird saliency, my friend. Mossad whoopsie. <laughs> right, a Mossad whoopsie. Um, the Ralph sisters. Twelve and fourteen year olds. Uh, their mother brought them to a clinic to uh, for to receive birth control, but instead they were sterilized in Alabama. Found out that they were part of routine um, preteen sterilization across all of Alabama Jeez. and the South for young black women to get sterilized. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Not not one of the fun ones, but that is something that definitely should be a huge scandal. I want one more from each of you, Mike. Uh, the Security Council of the United Nations wanted to censure Israel for what they were doing to West Bank, and the U.S. vetoed that, so they did not get censured. That doesn't sound like us. Yeah, not really the time or place, uh, I would say. Sounds like a different country, Yeah, honestly. Check the... Go back to Google Hill. Go back to the Bing, Bing Mountain and see if that's true, Mike. Ryan, what's your last one, buddy? Uh, Interpol was brought in to investigate the band New World, 
after accusations that payola, and this is like 20 years after payola was big, yeah. uh, payola was used to prop them up, including cash gifts and sex parties. Uh, they uh, Sex orgies were thrown for the band and the uh, recording company um, that kept them on the top of the charts for 10 weeks in a row. Gentlemen, name a uh, hit from the band New World. Ah, uh, these sex orgies, I bet, were each a hit. No, those were hits, but no one has ever heard of a New World song. They were on the radio for 10 weeks in a row just because of orgies. Just because of orgies. (laughs) Just because of orgies. Well, I'm going to have to give that one a Fidelio. That's going right up on the mountain. We got sex orgies. I think I got the gist of that one. And then, you know what? It's the reason for the season. Um, And I feel like it has, like, had a particularly long life right. so i've actually heard a lot about it the scandal involving mike what happened to bruce lee is he cursed is he the victim of some nefarious plot is he the victim of um poor diet who knows but that makes our scandal mountain nixon saturday night massacre trump's uh racialized housing discrimination sex orgies whoa and of course rest in peace bruce lee when we come back, let's talk a little bit about this Bruce Lee guy. If you only had Enter the Dragon to go on, does it make sense that Bruce Lee became the iconic star slash character along the lines of Elvis, Marilyn, and James Dean? And also, how well do John Saxon and Jim Kelly fare in scenes that don't have the Bruce? Mike, let's just handle the first part for a long time. Okay. And maybe not get to uh, the second part. I think it feels like, man, does this guy get the tone of this movie more than anybody else. Yes. If some scenes uh, think it's a straight-faced action movie and some scenes think it's uh exploitation movie or like a parody, and he just goes, yeah. <laughs> he, Lee does it all. And all, it, it really, without, like, I, mean, I kept trying to put somebody else in instead of him, and I think this thing crumbles. Yeah. I love, I love. The, my favorite non, no wait, shit. I should save this for an award later, but yeah. I'll just I'll do it anyway. My uh, favorite signature moment. I <laughs> uh, one of my favorite non uh, martial arts scene in the movie is he's sitting with I think British, maybe American. Who could tell? Um, he's getting one of his seven missions. We should talk about the beginning because uh, <laughs> he he just didn't have enough motivation. <laughs> Why is he going to this island? The movie starts off with a fight, and it's not like crazy right it's just like uh this is like this is monk shit we're just doing this every day mm-hmm. um and then he's like hey um he receives a mission by the way one of uh one of the monks broke bad yeah and we need you to go find him and then by the way that goes to talk to somebody else that monk started a tournament we need you to go to that tournament <laughs> yeah. and then okay, finds okay. out um hey that tournament is actually way more dangerous this is from a third party yeah uh yeah. that tournament is way more dangerous than you know okay they got a hat factory there right <laughs> They put hats on hats. It's too dangerous. And if you're still like, I don't know if I can go. And the whole time he's like, no, I want to go. I want to go right now. And they're like, I don't know if you really want it. Uh, The bad monks, number two, try to rape your sister, then definitely killed her. Yes. Yeah. Okay. What? Um, He's talking to uh, the, the British or the American agent. And they're like, He's like, uh, oh, I'll just bring a gun in yes. and then kill him. And the guy is like, 
Oh, um, there's like rules or something. Yeah. We can't bring a gun in. <laughs> no, no, uh, we're not because like he'll they check for guns, and then if you have a gun, and also like if you're like on this part of the map, and the look on Bruce Lee's face of like, oh, ooger, <laughs> uh, he's he just knows what movie he's in more than any yes. actor I've ever seen in my entire life, and it Ryan. works. And I don't need any more explanation. I just need Bruce Lee to be in every cheesy exploitation movie I've ever seen. I feel like they're in most movies. They just would not talk about the gun thing. Yes. Yeah, they would just but ignore it and hope that we never think about it. For that, the main character be like, it just seems like this is a job for a gun. <laughs> I just have to say, you know, I love the martial arts. <laughs> That's my whole thing. But this Super is definitely a gun type situation. <laughs> you're telling me there's three hundred of them? <laughs> Maybe if I had a gun. <laughs> uh. Speaking of like, this is a job for. He's like, so I spy and then call you and you handle it. And they're like, no, um, we don't really handle things. And he's like, um, it feels <laughs> like you would handle the stuff though. Who do you represent? Like, who am I actually talking to here? What is <laughs> your job? And that felt like such a uh, like if it was an air a pure airplane style spoof where he'd be like, wait, no, whose job is this? Why why are you right. sending me at all? What what would you say you do here? Uh, yeah. You can tell that like this is the 40th white chud that he has talked to in his life, trying to get him to go do jobs. But I feel like uh, the part that everybody remembers about this movie is how good a martial artist he is and how good a fight mm-hmm. choreography he is. To me, that almost took a step back to just his insane amount of screen presence. Charisma. His ab- yeah, his ability to just like really... Riz. Yes, his riz. He is rizzed up. He is definitely risked up. He, for this movie to really work, you have to believe he's as cool as the character seems to believe he is. And I feel like that is an area where it 100% is successful. Well, that the other thing too is that like part of the the thing that makes action heroes cool is that they have the ability to um, uh, sort of be unreal and do things that like we're not allowed to do. And for him to, like, deny all drink, deny all women, deny all gambling, you know, like, at a certain point, what does make you interesting? And the thing that makes you interesting is that you're Bruce fucking Lee, and you can't write that into a script, you know? Like, that's unwritable. That's why we were talking about that screenwriter being like, oh, if you could just be Bruce Lee, that would be really cool. And he does it. He saves the screenwriter a million times here. He do you think Brad Pitt watched this and that's why he eats because Bruce Lee looks so fucking suave eating that apple? <laughs> Probably. Although then Bruce Lee or Brad Pitt beats Bruce Lee well, up. Well eventually later. he grew to hate that he looked up to Bruce Lee. I thought, uh, because of what we did last week, I thought one of the awards we were doing was greatest fit in this in this show. Uh, I, I since learned that that was not the case. But um if you had to pick Bruce Lee, best fit. What is the best fit in, for him in this movie? Because I have it. Can't just be pajama pants, no shirt. Okay, because I think that that's <laughs> obviously the good look, as iconic look. But honestly, when he goes to talk to the secret agent who shows him like a movie, um, <laughs> he is wearing this three-piece, very tight brown suit. He, is that the the super sharp? Uh, what are those called? Lapels? Yeah. Or his collar he's, is like yeah. And he's got the brown vest. He's got like a brown vest on, and it's like a really a, a very nicely tailored suit. And he looks so cool. That's when I realized, like, oh, okay, he's on like some James Bond shit right. here. Like, this is not just kicking and punching. This is, and that, all the more reason why the character's like, I think I need a gun. Yeah. Maybe a gun that's like also 
a watch. Um, but the other thing, too, about that part is that what we're saying is that I'm going to be your uh, – I'm not a big Bond guy, but, like, I'm going to be your Q and your – Mrs. Moneypenny. No, M. 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 I'm going to be your Q and your M right now because I'm going to give you your mission, and also I'm going to provide you with your – Devices? Oh, there will be no devices, right? <laughs> so I'm going to give you your mission, and also I will give you no devices, which means that you're going to have to go down there. Here's your mission, Bond, Lee, Bruce Lee. But also, uh, there will be no devices except for Bruce Lee's brain and fist. And like yeah. that sort of elevates it to me as not a big Bond guy above almost any Bond movie. One thing he – so he, you're right, Ryan, and you should get a point for it. Right, kind of how the show works. Uh, oh my god, Mike! Do you, anytime Greg's like, "Oh, you're right, Mike," and that just doesn't hit the point button, <laughs> does that drive you crazy? Oh. And then you know, if you're like, "Um, excuse me, kind <laughs> sir, I do respect you, but I believe I deserve a point," you might get slapped in the face by your competitor getting ten right. points. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, that's how it happens. Uh, that leads to one very cool scene where, because he doesn't have like uh, any of these like devices, he goes and he like. Gets a cobra uh, to yeah. use. Find your own devices. Yeah, dude. He's mm, always, I'll save this for later. <laughs> you gotta clear this room out, and so he just chucks a cobra in there. And I don't know what you do if a cobra slithers into the room, but these guys huck a chair through a window, <laughs> and then they just run and they never return. I think they got <laughs> on boats and just left. <laughs> They were sailing for hours, still looking back. Like, is the cobra still following well, us? The cobra <laughs> just in the water. Behind them. They knifed through the water. They went home and started G.I. Joe. So afraid of Cobra <laughs> forever. Did you feel like there was um, meaning and resonance behind the fact that the last fight scene... First of all, I think it's so cool that Han is like... He's his own best henchman. Uh, like the other henchmen kind of suck, and he's actually they, like really good. We, 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 it's so crazy to be, build up two beefy boys and have them be so weak. <laughs> yeah, they both kind of get dispatched a little bit easily, right? Uh, also, I mean, speaking of, like, one of the best actors of our current day, but also one of our most scandalous boys of 1973, Donald Trump, uh, Han has a lot of similarities, but my favorite is uh, I did hire him, but once he fails, I hated him. I don't know that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, literally He's the don't worst. know who that guy There's is. There's one point where when one of his henchmen is about to lose to one of the good guys— Han also helps beat him and slaps him in the yeah. face. I, I fucking hate this guy because he's a loser. <laughs> this guy sucks. But did you feel like there was a good reason for that fight of me, like in the mirror room at the end, or was that just like this will be pretty cool? I uh, looked sick. Yeah, it looked sick. Of course. And it was so. And I don't think the movie needed this, but I think there's a lot of things the movie didn't need. But uh, the philosophy of the yeah. temple. Uh, he took it as literally as possible. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of you must shatter the image of him, and he's like, you know what? That's a pretty good idea. <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't realize Eastern philosophy is so literal. I really <laughs> always thought it was like very in the head, but no, it means real shit every time. But like, I don't like. I didn't see them as foils, or I didn't think that like uh, Lee was afraid of becoming Han. You know, I didn't no. think that like I, I must defeat him to move on to the next level. It was. I think that it it just looks like and it like as far as I could think, uh, this is a well worn trope at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, the house of the the finale taking place in the house of mirrors. Yeah, but I think this is the second most iconic and second time it has most famously taken place after Lady from Shanghai, the Orson Welles movie. I think that this is the second biggest one. 
Yeah, so like all the like if it's gotten uh, overused, this isn't an instance this, of that. Yeah, it comes, this is yeah, yeah a reference right. of probably some film nerd on you know the director or the screenwriter being like, let's do fucking this. And then I also tried to figure out the the spinning. What is the significance of mm-hmm. the uh, Han landing on the spear and spinning? Now we see him. Now we don't. Yeah. Right. See, I did. I guess I did think there was a little bit of like. The movie doesn't lean on it, and it doesn't conclude it. But I did feel like there was a little bit of he... We see him go to a dark place in this. We see him become monstrous. And, like, the first time he kills somebody, you can see in his face, he's like, whoa, okay, yeah. that's a that's a line I just crossed. But then he kind of proceeds to just kill a bunch of other people from that point forward. And it seems like it matters less and less. And then the final shot is him contemplating that, the, for lack of a better term, the bear claw that Uh Han had and so it does seem like I don't know it not totally digested but there does seem to be this idea of like that he has kind of abandoned that philosophy in a way Uh, almost like in a daredevil-esque way of like in order to create good I must take over the bad and then probably Mm -hmm. become just as bad yeah yeah like I pull the sin into myself and so I I allow myself to be terrible but I do it to like relieve that need elsewhere in Which, society. Uh, as far as we know, Han could have probably thought at one point. Probably, yeah. Probably. Probably fucking Han. Well, spe- so he got on that sweet horse train. <laughs> Speaking of a room that reflects all of our loves and desires, let's go to our Hall of Fame when we come back. Welcome. To the Pop Filter Hall of Fame. Ah, the August Halls of the Pop Filter Hall of Fame. It's just called the Hall of Fame, but it's actually a series of interconnected halls. You guys ever notice that? Isn't that that weird? It's like the internet, but with halls instead of tubes. Yeah, imagine all the tubes of the internet were replaced with halls. And uh, some of the people and things and places that made us who we are have gone into this hall but it's a work in progress and it's never complete we're always moving things in and we can putatively move things out we uh, can should it become necessary we can we can take exhibits out of here can we unanimously vote somebody out as one of our picks uh yeah that's like so you can say uh you can either bring somebody uh, or you can say, I think I think we should remove so-and-so. Like, Mel Damn. Gibson's in there, but Mike will never vote Mel Gibson out, so... Yeah, so what's the point? But yeah, point. And, and, He's just such a good director. And then that would take one of your... That would take one of your votes. Mike loves Hacksaw Ridge. Yeah. Uh, the, the closest we have to somebody who is can- cancelable... Is just because he's cringe now. It's Lin Manuel Miranda. That's yeah. the one who. That's the one so who I, Yeah, that's the one who I think like, wow, the the people have really turned against him. Well, if you ask Gen Z, um, there's actually somebody who has been. Mike has attempted to vote in twice. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say she's she's on that chopping block. Yeah, but I will never ever no, ever yeah. vote Tina Fey out. No, yeah, I think uh, I'll vote Tina Fiend out, but not Tina Fey. Is that a D and D joke? That is a joke. Then you know what? Yeah. yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Way to go. Um, Mike, let's start with you. It's it's Bruce Lee, right? (laughs) That's so hurtful. (laughs) This. Well, just for listeners, if this is your first show, uh, Mike literally puts no prep into Pop Filter Hall of Fame (laughs) thinking. So uh, that's where that came from. (laughs) (laughs) This gentleman 
uh, is oh, responsible for. Wow, wow, wow. Oh how God. crazy. Uh, in 1940, he gave us, co-created Captain America, and then in the 60s, he brought us Fantastic Four, The Hulk, Ant-Man, Thor, Iron Man, and the Avengers, Black Panther. Uh, he went over to DC and brought us Darkseid and the New Gods. It's Jack the King Kirby, and most of all, uh, one time a bunch of Nazis showed up at the floor of Marvel and said, hey, we don't like that you put Captain America punching Hitler, and he was like, well, tell them I'm coming down, and went down to punch them, but they had <laughs> run away. <laughs> Tell them I'm coming down. And they are scrambling. They have scrambled. Uh, this guy, everybody knows Stan Lee. Uh, he's great. He's also kind of a monster. And <laughs> would be like, there's a big green guy. Jack, go nuts. And then <laughs> Jack Kirby would actually create the characters we know and love. Well, it's really a meditation on abuse and the cycle that it creates. Yeah, I love it. He's green. Yeah, the incredible. <laughs> <laughs> so Jack Kirby, that's a good one. I have to say, I like that. Quite a bit. I should probably write it down so that I remember. Maybe I, somebody's hurt slash taking notes of all the bullying that's been happening <laughs> in the Pop Filter Hall of Fame segment. I just finished a book called Slugfest, the battle between Marvel and DC. And uh, he has quite the character in that book. Um, he has one line of dialogue, which is fucking Stanley, goddammit. Because <laughs> <laughs> Stanley kind of uh, kind of like stole a, a lot from him, right? And worked him to death. Well, Stanley was never, uh, it just never mentioned Jack Kirby at any point. Yeah. So. It's all me, baby. <laughs> Ryan, who do you got? Um, I have somebody who uh, I think is uh, a perfect Venn diagram of our comedic sensibilities. Awesome. Or personalities. Okay. And when we talk about stand-up, it's really hard to find someone who has not um, punched anybody smaller than them or a uh, different gender, like uh, raped anybody. Uh, stand-up is just a really awful, awful place, and I have never he- ha- heard a bad word about this person that we haven't already inducted into the Hall of Fame. I thought we had caught them all. Uh, this person's only um, real, uh, I don't know, controversy is that uh, he's really annoying with his current wife. Uh-huh. You don't want to hear them together. Uh, his fake controversy is that he got over his previous wife because she died a little too soon. Um, this is somebody. And some Twitter crazies accuse him of murdering her. Oh wow! I've, I've figured out who it is. <laughs> uh, somebody who uh, Mike like he's I- some sort of Modoc. I also know who it is. <laughs> <laughs> this is somebody who is uh, yes, very important to me and Mike's other podcast, Superhero. Uh, me and Mike have seen uh, multiple times live. Uh, Greg doesn't leave his house, but would have if he did. I leave my house to come to your house sometimes. That's true. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that uh, the reason, the the main reason that Pat Oswalt should be in the Pop Filter Hall of Fame, besides all of the things that I have just said, is because one time yes. in his job uh, on King of Queens, the reason why he has most of his money is because he said, I bet in this long party scene on the sitcom, I could just stand here and stare and smile and no one will notice. And he did it, and no one noticed. <laughs> and he so there's just a seven-minute sitcom scene where he just freezes and stares <laughs> off into space, and no one says it. <laughs> n- at no point did any director or editor <laughs> say anything. I love his greater project. He has his stand-up. He has his acting. But of like, how can I do long marathon comedy bits in a in a in a sitcom? Yes. Right. Uh, I thought what you were going to say there, that's classic, of course. All you're going to say is his Parks and Rec, m- Parks and Rec yeah. monologue. 
where he just like free associates <laughs> about comic book culture. Okay, too strong entrance, and I have a strong entrance. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I am submitting for yes the third time. One <laughs> Timothy Meadows. Oh, I thought it was gonna be. Star one Greg Heinlein <laughs> was brought up this season. Has Timothy Meadows been brought up this season? Uh, no, this not this season yet. Okay, uh, I did do it. La- I did it each of the last two. So you can't do it again this season, Greg. Seasons. Um, no, I did do it this season. I did it like four shows ago. This is, I think, yeah, my last. I was last, gonna say this feels very. Recent. I think it's my last, but but I got to get him in. I got to get him in. I spent all day watching his walk hard scenes, uh-huh. his <laughs> mean girl scenes. Uh, his Brooklyn Nine Nine, uh, Jake Peralta's best friend from prison, who is also a child eating cannibal, uh, <laughs> and he just keeps flipping in between this Tim Meadows nice guy stuff. And then if anyone ever puts their hand near his mouth, he tries to bite them. Uh, he'll be like, "Oh, I'm not gonna eat you." And then if you get close to him, he tries. He goes, "Yeah, I'm gonna eat. I'm gonna try to eat you." Uh, he is the one who uh, delivered the famous line, "I can't tell Seal to stop singing." Uh, Tim Meadows is <laughs> been in everything, and he is the best part of everything that he is uh, in. And he belongs in our Pop Filter Hall of Fame. He I just believe, does. Uh, believe it or not, he plays the principal in the upcoming Mean Girls mean musical. Girls what? The musical. A weird trailer to never show us any of the music. <laughs> Fucking weird, man. You gotta wait for it. It was just like, you remember all the jokes? Different people doing them this time. <laughs> so I'm going with Tim Meadows. All right. I, is there a way to do a fourth? Because Patrick Dempsey was named People's Sexiest Man of 2023. Was, finally. Where? Like, I haven't even heard that name in five years. No, I was going to say 10 or 15. Yeah. And then people's just like, we're bringing him back because we believe he's the sexiest man. He of finally the year. got there. I, uh, I brought this up to my wife because I was incensed. Yeah. Austin Butler. Timothy Chalamet. Yes. Where are we at? And she was like, think about the people who buy magazines. Okay. And yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Those oh. are babies. I love it. Okay. That's very clever. That does mean next year will be Dermot Maroney's fucking chance at the you title. You know what? He's Peter Gallagher. He has earned it. They have all earned it. Wow. A lot of, a lot of strong brows on the show tonight. <laughs> Ryan, let's start with you, and let's start with Jack Kirby. Greg, um, I remember famously, and not famous within my family, but famous nationally, um, I voted against Stan Lee, despite being um, a, a Marvel head. Uh, but I, I have to say yes to Jack Kirby. Jack the King Kirby. Jack King Kirby. Mike, do you agree with Jack King Kirby? Uh I know this is we, – we don't do video podcasts, but if the listeners can imagine, I have a lot of Jack the King Kirby's creations on the wall behind me. So, yeah, I would say I'd vote him in. Also, Mike, you're raising your hands, and your hands are uh, suddenly filled with uh, cosmic crackle. That's the Kirby crackle right there. The, the Kirby that's crackle. the Kirby crackle. My favorite uh, candy bar. I have to say I love Marvel, <gasps> and I love the things that this guy created, but – I've never read anything that is like just his stuff. Um, I so the they and the characters I feel like have a life so far beyond him and so far beyond like what he created. So it is with a lot of deference 
and a lot of respect. But I just have to say, personally, truly, for me, no to Jack Kirby. You got to be true to your heart and true to your part. What do you? What about Kirby Puckett? Uh, yeah, Kirby Puckett, Kirby from Nintendo. Yeah, I love that little guy uh, hoovering up everything and gaining their powers. Doesn't what about Kirby from Nintendo in a new sitcom where he complains about everything called Kirby Your Enthusiasm? Kirby <laughs> Your Enthusiasm. Get on it, Mad TV. Mike, that's the worst insult. That you don't know how much that hurts my feelings. <laughs> when I, I just sh- thought SNL would be too obvious. Get on it, Mad TV. <laughs> you are watching Mad TV. Mad. <laughs> Mike. Yes, Patton Oswalt. Uh, it will McNamara's husband. Truly, oh man, her book was great. Uh, it will truly destroy me uh, if anything terrible comes out about him because he's the last good one. Uh, and yeah, uh, the longest, uh, the, the the little weirdos can make it, guys. Uh, yes, my vote is yes. Ryan Patton Oswalt is your guy. Do you vote yes for Patton Oswalt? Some uh, these like war people are. I'm in the army, and I love World War II. They have a mm. different Patton. He's my Patton. I'm a yes. This is this is your your Patton, and I'm a yes as well. Patton Woo! Oswalt. It would it would be so disingenuous. I feel like I've watched him from the time he was himself just a little baby boy. Uh, yeah. Now we are both crusty old men, and, and he still resembles a baby boy though too. He's yeah. he, he's got a real boyish charm. And he seems like a pure heart and a pure soul. And uh, I just love, like, you know, that whole thing, like, never get cynical. Like, that's so, he still seems so genuinely excited about what he's excited about. And yeah, I yeah, definitely. Definitely. And thank goodness that he, he bounced back as much as he did. Um, I think that he's, he is a sign that uh, losing someone you care about doesn't have to be, like, the end of your story. That it can just be a terrible passage in it. Uh, and he can't make it, but I am a yes for Tim Meadows, Ryan. I'm a no. I'm gonna get. <laughs> listen, I'll hold, I, I will hold the whole the whole thing <laughs> hostage. Are you gonna filibuster? I'll just keep bringing up Tim Meadows, and we'll keep talking about all his great roles. Have you seen? Have you seen Popstar? No, you know what? I am a yes. Why? Why not? Yeah. I'm a yes. Yeah. Right. Good job. Okay. Why would I be a yes? Mike, you don't have the votes. I don't. I don't have the votes. Aha! Haha! But no way. I voted for Zach Kirby. I don't have the vote. You don't have the vote. You don't Ryan. have the get vote. Get out of here. But also, you brought him up this season. Yeah, I do so think he belongs in here. But I don't think he he's eligible. Il, he's he's yeah. ele- eligible. Is that well, do, we, do we have a rule we can only bring him up once a season? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because my plan was to just keep bringing him up until he got in. Well, you know what? We'll have to wait till next season. We'll have to wait till next season. I am a yes. Tim, I'm a yes. Okay? Tim, keep watching those movies. I'm, I'm doing the best I can, Tim. You and me together. If you could maybe get one more big part, I think you could, that would do it. That put the finishing touches on it. Hey, uh, Mike, for Greg's birthday, should we do a Tim Meadows cameo? Yes. <laughs> hey, Greg, you have to stop nominating me, man. I'm feeling really bad that I can't even make it into this weird show's Hall of Fame that I've never even heard of. <laughs> I get a Google alert every time. And it's starting to really hurt my feelings. Sorry, Tim. It's not going to happen again. Well, Pat Oswalt. <laughs> Good job, everybody. Straight into the Hall of Fame. We'll get that exhibit put up right away. And when we come back, our next question is very influential. Gentlemen, I feel like we have said this about a couple movies, including Exorcist, that we talked about a few weeks ago. But is this the most influential movie we have ever done on Movie of the Year? Yeah, it is crazy. It It's possible... The uh, martial arts tournament was a trope before this movie, but because just like uh, our last movie brought reggae, uh, <laughs> this feels like it injected like 
the Mortal Kombat 30 billion games and two awful movie franchises would not exist without this. Not so two many... awful movies. Two awful movie franchises. <laughs> franchises. Uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme's career. <laughs> We're not like, it, it, all, he's always getting suckered into fucking Honestly, tournaments. I would say half of the Jean-Claude Van Damme movies Bloodsport, are... Bloodsport, The Quest, like... Even yeah. hard target, like Kickboxer. they're all being hunted, but it's the same basic idea. Like you get you get pulled into this situation where you have to fight for your life. You have to hu- you have to fight. Why? You have to fight. Okay. You shut up and fight. This it, it is so influential, and this movie ruled so hard to watch that it made me want to be like, wait, did the '90s Mortal Kombat suck that bad? Like I wanted to get a Genesis and play again. Like I want to be surrounded by forced to the death. Hand-to-hand combat tournaments. <laughs> wow, that that that's pretty influential, at least on a personal level. But honestly, like, I, I wish this movie was more influential than it was in a couple of ways. Uh, to find someone who is good at martial arts, not good, the best at yeah. martial <laughs> arts, and then also um, care a little bit less about plot. Uh, so Jackie Chan figured this out. Our yeah. uh, like. Steven Seagal and Jean-Claude Van Damme movies need not apply here. Those movies should be not even brought up. Yeah. You know, like those even movies, in jest. They the, the Jean-Claude Van Damme was flexible. Yes. Yeah, yes. he was. Steven Seagal, I do not know why I have seen his movies. I he think ponytail. he has a ponytail. Oh, he yeah, had that ponytail. Then, Fuck. <laughs> ponytail Hall Later of in life. Later in life, he got a disease that made him talk like he was super Cajun uh, <laughs> in that reality show where he just hung out with cops for some reason. It was baffling. What was that disease called? Uh, gambititis. Creole. Creole fever. Um, yeah. He, I think, honestly, all he has is that he's white. And people are like, we want to see a white guy beat up some of these people. What are some of the ways in which he's influential? Because I have to say that the fighting tournament thing, that's a big one. But, like, in the game Street Fighter, there's a character that just is Bruce Lee. Fei Long? Yeah. Is that his name? Yeah. I the- loved him because it was um, the button jammiest guy. Yes. It was just go fast. He'd fly across just the screen fast. and do those big kicks. You actually, in this movie, you see him do all the moves that that character does yeah. in that game. And then in- I, I think Liu Kang uh, in Mortal Kombat is Bruce Lee. Jax, I think, would not exist without Williams in this movie. There is a Tekken. There's a character named Martial Law, which just is, again, just is uh, the Bruce Lee character from this movie. But did it go beyond that? What are the other influences that we, or what are the other ways we feel it's influenced? Well, I mean, the the big one that we're not talking about, I know tournament was big in this. Yes. I'm starting to talk like Greg. Tournament. 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 Tournament um, is is a big deal, but I... how many white kids became directors that we know and love? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, Bruce Lee movies in general, but specifically Enter the Dragon with Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino you know? clearly yeah. saw this movie and went, I will take this guy down a peg, I, no matter <laughs> how long it takes. There are, uh, I, there's there's not five movies that are more important to Quentin Tarantino if you just look, n- not through interviews, but just watching his oeuvre. That that are bigger than Enter the Dragon, you know, and like you see, you get a little bit of the yellow jumpsuits, but just like <laughs> the whole, um, you know, how plots work and the, uh, you know, how we're going to shoot fights. This is clearly a huge movie. Yeah. yeah, 
Yeah, the big the big crowd fights. I feel like this does a good job with that. There are a couple of like uh, there's a scene where they first get to the island and they pan over the island. It's like, look at all these good fighters. And if you just let your eyes wash oh. over, they look like you're like, wow, that's a lot of people. They're all doing karate moves. But if you look at any individual person for more than a second, that is clearly just some random Hong Konger that they put in a gi and went like, well, do some fight ish moves. And these poor extras. How many? <laughs> like jab crosses were they having to do before they like they look so tired because yes. they've been doing this all yes. damn day mike. mike you know what it's like to actually like throw punches for a while if you're not accustomed to it you may not even make it in one pan you may already yeah, you just be- turn into noodle arms <laughs> which is a different fight style not mm. not the best one but it's noodle all right two men <laughs> just just slapping at the arms uh, speed round. Let's do it. Why didn't this movie turn into, uh, like, create a whole James Bond style franchise here? M- my guess uh-huh. is uh, we talked about it in an earlier segment. Uh-huh. Something scandalous happened, Greg. He he did kind of die. Right. Yeah, I do think that something. Here, give you that. Mike. I think that something about his dying three months after shooting wrapped or whatever. That probably kind of. Yeah. Put a torpedo in the side of any plans to franchise this bad boy. I mean, uh, if the seventies were anything like the today's twenty seventies, that uh, that would have happened because this movie cost like eight hundred, four hundred grand, eight hundred grand, and made fucking baffo box office. Yes, it was a smash. They uh, so it cost eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars is what I, I read on the online when I went to Google Hill. Uh, and it made like millions just in like its um, Eastern release, and then it came to the United States, and they just kept releasing it. They just like well, that's what you used nice. to do back in the day, just keep showing it in theaters, and it has just made gobs and gobs and gobs of money. But um, and that was when like we don't really have anything to put out this weekend because it's the seventies, and like no studio sent us something, so we'll just put this out again. Filled the theaters, everybody came, yeah. screamed, and laughed and cheered. As what an awesome time! Did you yeah, did dope. you fellows watch the movie more than once? No, no. Because I did because I watched it in my first watch, my second watch. I was I felt like it's not the most rewatchable movie, so I'm a little surprised that it did so well. I mean, I could see it being like an event, get all your friends together and go see the, this movie because it's really cool and fun. But um, I I I didn't feel the same excitement the second time. I think that the exploits. Is that what we're calling them? Yeah, the sploits. Yeah. I think with the sploits, Dude, the sploits, you sort of know, you get a feeling, especially when you rewatch them, of when to watch and when to not. <laughs> and like, when to, like when to zone? Yeah. and uh, Or when to like talk to the screen or when to talk to the person sitting next to you. Because mm-hmm. uh, there are some like speeches that uh, or some like private conversations on screen that like you don't really need to know. And those are private. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> like, that's yeah, not for it me. It feels too rude. What is this invasive camera doing? <laughs> um they're, like when um, in a sploit, and th- like I, I think it's a good scene, but on a second rewatch, I don't know if I need to have the dad watch rewatch the dad tell his son that his sister fought like fucking hell, yeah. but was eventually almost raped and then uh, committed suicide. So there are those scenes, but when the sploit is going down, you watch and you yeah. cheer. Right? Yeah, Ryan. Uh, what other uh, cool hand pieces do Luke. you wish Han had used? 
So we had uh, the hand that's just like very heavy that he uses to bludgeon yeah. people with. And then that there's knife hand, which is like four knives in the hand. And then there's claw hand, which is like a claw with like little hair on the back. I found the hair very disturbing. I would have loved yeah, like a, uh, a every time you hit it, it's like bop it and then it switches and then it's like <laughs> push it and then lock <laughs> it. Maybe Lying. like a jackhammer. Ooh. So even when he's not punching, it's punching. So when he's punching, it's double oh, punching. Oh, that's very But anime. then when he hits somebody so strong, then he starts vibrating. <laughs> that's super anime. And you could have moments where like uh, it like it like kind of gets bigger and like things turn yeah. on it and like steam comes out the side of it. That's very cool. Obviously, they probably had a bunch of really good ideas for that, but they wa- they needed to make this movie under a cool mill. So the yeah. hands maybe kind of stuck a little bit. Also, if he was the, like the king and he had a throne, then there should have been one where uh, he took his hand off and put on uh, just a giant turkey leg and then ate it. Because oh that's God. what kings yeah. do. Oh, man. Or maybe a koozie Mike. so his beer could <laughs> always be cold. <laughs> Mike. Uh, the way the sound was done for this movie uh, is the way they did sound for Hong Kong action movies. Which Was is it dialogue whisper music blaring? Well, no, it was uh, film the entire movie and never mic anything one time and then ADR everything later, uh, which I feel like they're better at than when because that's the way they do it. But did the sound, I don't know, did the sound work for you? Did you like it? Did it take you out of it? It's tough with a sleeping baby upstairs. Okay, very true. Uh, But it is how I want to record this podcast, which is basically record everything but no mic. (laughs) <laughs> Ouch! Yes, I realize that word means two things. Fucking roasted. And then you, then you guys fill in me later. Yeah, <laughs> you just do your mic impressions. Uh, this is the kind of thing that when I was a kid, I couldn't stand. I like the anything not being in sync with like the the, the, yeah. the the visuals and the sound. But honestly, as an adult, I don't give a shit. Who cares? Nope. Yeah, man? it was awesome. I, it adds to the effect. Um, and the other thing about the sound is. They go so over the top with the foley on all the hits. Oh, this sounds yeah. like in uh, two eight-year-olds pretend fighting did the foley. But I have to say, <laughs> it totally worked on me, man. There were some times where he pretends to kick somebody in the face, and the foley is so loud that I found myself going like, "Oh!" <laughs> because, you know what? Like the foley uh, being bad doesn't matter because the fighting is so close yes. and so real. Yes. Yeah. So close and so real, real. So even when somebody's just bare knuckle boxing, but it sounds like Indiana Jones's whip, uh-huh. you're like, no, nope, this is cool as shit. <laughs> I mean, what if like it's better than Serpico, first of all, and second of all, even if it was like somebody got punched, but it's a chicken cacaoing, that punch looks so good. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, if you that's that that guy's he's chicken fist. That's just what he does. His name's Chicken Fist. That's how he fights. He Bruce Lee and a couple of the other actors in this movie, but Bruce Lee has the ability to be standing there and then do a jump kick and land so fast mm-hmm. yeah. that it is like, at, there's times where I'm like, it's going so fast, it's hard to be as impressed as you need to be for to, what you're seeing. To be fair, though, uh, if I did a jump cat kick, you'd be shocked at how fast I landed, too. <laughs> <laughs> right on the tailbone. <laughs> Ryan. When we come back, awards and recommendations. I think it's pretty clear that people come to Enter the Dragon for one thing, and that is the dramatic performances. Um, if there is a second tournament in this movie, it is the tournament of performances, uh, each raising the bar for the others in it. But if we had to crown one champion, the best pound-for-pound pound actor, keeping in mind Bruce Lee was 130 pounds 
when this was filmed. Who is our best pound for pound performer, Ryan? I uh, I have to. I mean, Bruce Lee is this movie, mm-hmm. but I have to give it to uh, Ken Shit as Han, Dude, uh, yeah. uh, who uh, absolutely owns every scene that he's in. He's such a little bitch. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he's so such fucking a dirty little bitch. Evil. To me, he's like um, he he's the quiet Bond villain and Doctor Doom, like that all uh-huh. at once. Uh, the slapping of the villain that's losing, or the his henchman yeah. that's losing. <laughs> uh, I'm so done with you. You suck at this. There's a point where um, uh, Lee is like at the bottom of a ca- like a trap, mm-hmm. like he's at, like at the bottom of a cave that he has built, and uh, Han sticks his head out and he's like, "I was gonna, I was gonna make you one of my henchmen." Yeah, and just like <laughs> he's so sassy about it, and, like, and he's but he's kind of he's not like even like making fun of him. He's just kind of sad. He's like, "Oh man, you're gonna be one of mine." He's such a fucking. He's a piece of shit on every level you can be. Like, this is one of the few villains of the movie that could also win biggest shithead Moody yeah. at the end of the season. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. I love that idea. Um, and then also, a great fighter. Mm-hmm. Like, th- the actor does some, some great fighting as well. Mike, I would you- I would love to give this guy a hand because he needs one. Of course. Oh. Mike. Yeah, that's a Mike point. Yeah. I knew, I, yeah. We all saw that our, coming. Our eyes locked there, and you were like... <laughs> This is going to be a Mike point. Mike, who is your P for P? Uh, I think, like, again, it's are, are we just trying to avoid Bruce Lee because he's so amazing? You can do um, what you want, bro. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm not telling you how to. How to I, I know point. you're not telling me, but, if you, but fuck it, fine. It's, it's Bruce Lee. I, I was going to make a case for Williams, but it's Bruce <laughs> Lee. He is. I want to go back and watch all of his old stuff. He is so charismatic. He yeah. owns everything. Uh, I it's it's it was already sad that he died but now that i know how good he was it's even sadder for me personally right now uh-huh uh yeah uh, he rules he is very intentionally like i'm gonna be the coolest person that's ever existed and on some level i find myself trying to almost resist that and right. it's in the process of his overwhelming me with just like nah dude you're just that cool man <laughs> i don't know you just you got it uh, i'm gonna give this one like to bike. Well, I mean, history is littered with people who tried it and failed that we don't know about. And that's why, Greg, when you asked earlier, Elvis Presley, Marilyn Monroe, James Dean. Yeah. That's why he's on the list is because he tried and succeeded. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And like, um, he had to win people over. Like, it's mm-hmm. now, it's so obvious. Oh, yeah. Bruce Lee. But at the time, it was absolutely not. I mean, he, he demanded that we give him respect and he gets it. I mean, in 1973, which doesn't seem that long ago to old nuts like us to be an asian yeah. star in america right. like I this is what say, you had to do i see why people have conspiracies about this because this seems like um a like a uniting of asian culture and african-american culture and being like our struggle is the same we like have yeah. the same struggle and we have the same goals in the end and i don't know maybe the cia got in here and started sort of messing <laughs> like, with no stuff. no no they're not stop Shut stop up. that Time stop <laughs> can't have that uh how about director's signature what do we got for director's signature mike it's uh, there's a few but i want to focus on like he does this a lot where uh the view other movies do the view from the in a fight but it's the person it's like you see their punch but instead it's the person who's getting attacked view and specifically there's a part where towards the end where it's like the full brawl that roper it looks like he just broke that camera roper just kicks (laughs) right toward the camera it's fucking (laughs) awesome looking Roper camera kick. What do you got, Ryan? Do you guys think halfway through the movie they should have replaced Roper with somebody named Furley? 
Is that a Ebert Mike. and Ropert joke? No, that's a Three's Company that joke, my friend. That is a Three's Company joke. <laughs> uh, my director's signature is uh, we know that Bruce Lee is responsible for so much of this movie. Yes. So this is hard. I, uh, and like I've ne- this guy is the guy who directed Jim Kata, a movie about combining gymnastics and mm-hmm. uh, karate. Um, a not well reviewed movie. This guy, all this guy's movies are martial arts movies, and this is far and away his best reviewed movie. The the best reviewed thing that this guy's ever done was yeah. the Bruce Lee biography that he wrote. Oh yeah, years later. Yeah. Uh, so what I'm going to give him credit for, and I think this was influential as well, is that anytime Bruce Lee had to go in the air, and he and Han did this a lot at the end, was. Uh, doing things in slow motion. Yeah. And that gave us time to watch stuff go down. Um, showed us Because no joke, Bruce Lee moves too fast right. for someone yeah. like me to really appreciate what he's doing. And so when things are on the ground, we can understand what's going on. But like when things go in the air, we need slowdown. And also him and Han are jumping at each other a lot at the exact same time. Mm-hmm. Now, some of it gets wonky. Uh, when There's a point where Han lands and then goes into a spear and there's some editing issues yes. and and it's kind of a big moment i yeah. mean that's han dying and it like looks very weird and i it took me a second to even understand oh, what was going on the bad guy just <laughs> okay he's dead there's a couple deaths in this movie They're like oh that guy's dead now oh no okay i get it i didn't know but no i see he's dead that's cool because uh, you jumped on him i get it but yeah i would say shooting and slowing down uh yeah. the jumping at each other is my director's signature moment right. again i think that is something like when we talk about it being influential part of what happens is some of the things that happen in this movie remind you of the things that are copying it and so you're like oh Oh, it's so hard yeah but um if we didn't have these slow down fights it'd be really hard to appreciate bruce lee's form and i mean that in ways um both gross and not gross uh how about cringing are we cringing while we're watching this movie mike not not really uh but the one part is and this is before we know and roper is i I think the characters are interesting because they're not like white knights right but this is early on so you think maybe this Roper's guy is like be... a gross gambling yes. addict like... and they let him stay gross even yeah. though he's an ally uh but it's after that after the, the amazing scene where we meet han and everybody freezes and then the <laughs> the bodyguards are all women and they're throwing knives at apples in the air roper for no reason nobody asked him it really doesn't make any sense. He just like goes, nobody's as loyal as daddy's little girl. I'm like, ooh, <laughs> fuck you, Roper. Why did you say that shit? <laughs> you brought a weird energy into this place, man. I, 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 Han introduced a weird energy into that scene initially, but Roper is also disgusting. Is this the same scene where uh, he leads Roper to believe that all these hot women are like his his girlfriends? Like Roper, a harem. A and new then harem Roper's like, ah, oh, pretty, pretty good group of hot women you got here. And he's like, well, they're my fucking daughters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, oh that when he says it. Yeah, that wasn't the that wasn't the vibe when we first walked in here. Like that one's <laughs> massaging that one who's naked. Like you stay outside. Like so, okay, here come. We're going to go see my daughters now. The creepy thing he says is him trying to recover. <laughs> That's his recovery yeah. line. <laughs> Ry- uh, Ryan, what do you got? When are you cringing? Uh, my movie ass watching eyes was able to in the middle of a fight point out Jackie Chan in Jackie this movie. Chan. Did you guys see him? Yeah. No. He's Isn't he uh, a bunch of henchmen? He's in a bunch of them, yeah, including one where he gets hit in the face with a stick. Yeah, I did it an hour before he came in. I got <laughs> the wrong guy. I thought a different Asian guy was Jackie Chan. Oh, really? Oh, I am the cringiest moment. Yeah. That's racism. <laughs> I am a classic white guy. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, Ryan. you get a point uh, for racism. But when he came in, he was so good because he was just... When I, when I finally saw actual the Jackie real guy. Chan. Yeah. Uh, just and you're sure. 
In this point, I was sure because yeah. I looked it up online to figure out that I was wrong. Uh, just face acting away. Like yeah. he had no lines, but he wanted his face to shine. Just be like, please oh, turn this into a career. Uh, Bruce Lee hit him in the face with a stick and then apologized profusely and then helped him out with his career after that. So it works. Uh, well, Ryan admitted to racism, which is the bravest, best thing a white person can do. And so, of course, he's going to get the point there. Uh, let's get to the very specific ones for this one, which, like, I've been excited about for three days. Uh, so the first one is Lee, Bruce Lee. So, uh, someone explain to me exactly what that award is. Uh, this is the time where he is the coolest without fighting, the yeah. most like uh, our Asian James Bond. Yeah. Uh, also, I like the name of the award because uh, his character is named Lee and his name is Bruce Lee, mm-hmm. so it fits perfectly. Uh, Ryan, what is your Lee Bruce Lee moment? I already uh, I, I spoiled this, but uh, it's sitting on that couch in our kick-ass brown suit. Yeah, mm-hmm. and not only is he owning this British fucking rat-looking guy who will just oh you're not gonna drink because you're above that. I still am gonna pound whiskey. Dude, I'm right, gonna I'm just gonna, then? <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna double fist scotch while explaining to you this island that you're gonna go to. And I swear to God, it's as if he is the coolest guy in this movie, mm-hmm. and he's also seen this movie, <laughs> and he's also seen 10, uh, 10 movies like this. Um, this is where he's like, oh, well, let's just bring a gun, but he already knows he can't because he's seen this movie. I just, I've never seen a character like this before. I love it. Mike, what do you got? Uh, it's also a moment with Bruce Lee and the Brit, uh, but it's when the Brit is pitching him the mission. And he's like, it's so important, and people are dying. Blah, blah. And he's like, okay, cool, cool, cool. I do have a karate lesson I have to give right now. And just walks off oh, and, yeah. does it, and just does the lesson in front of the guy instead of listening. He's not like, <laughs> student, wait. He's like, not nah, like, I have a schedule and people expect things from me. I'm an adult-ass man. I'm going to handle this right now. I love it, but uh, no scene made as much of an impression on me. It's just Bruce Lee sitting there in that brown suit, like his legs crossed. He just, he just owns it. Uh, Kung Fu Grip. What, Mike, what is your understanding of the Kung Fu Grip Award? Uh, just like, so this is on our sister show, the Superhero Show Show. Uh, it's uh, the best power move. It's the it's the coolest fight move. So this and is a the lot, a lot opposite to choose from. of Lee Bruce Lee. Okay, uh, so there's Mike, like, what so do you many got? to choose from, and there's so many to choose from uh, that look cool or that you've seen done. Uh, do you know what I did not expect and I loved is. Uh, Grab a snake, use a snake, and throw it right <laughs> in that room, and it was fucking dope. <laughs> Very good. The Cobra Commander, let's call that move. Mm-hmm. Ryan, what do you got? Uh, my favorite, this is, uh, I don't know why I love this one so much, but in, uh, and Bruce Lee is like the best at this, but he is climbing up a wall. There's a guard at the top of the wall, guarding as they do, mm-hmm. and he gets to the top and it's like uh face gut face gut face gut face gut face gut all within two seconds it's <laughs> yeah. just yeah not a ton of strength but so much speed and then like honestly eight punches in one second and then throws them off the thing yeah and i just love that just rapid fire which is the name of a brandon lee movie oh very that is unstarted ryan very interesting. Um, the one I was really looking forward to, I mean, there's so many good moves, but there's a, in his fight with Han, when he's basically about to wrap it up, I mean, he's just about to kick Han onto the spear. Uh, he, like, kind of, like, gets Han to bend over with Han's head facing him, and it looks like he's going to do a DDT pile driver on him. He, like, wraps his head around Han's neck and then just does this weird mule kick <laughs> right into yes. his face. Bad. I, so good. As an HM, honorable mention, I would also like to point out every single second of Scarface fight, 
uh, they were building up this guy with the scar, this bodyguard, yeah. to be like uh, climactic. Obviously, his fight with Han has to be the climax. But early in the movie, it feels like this is going to be the ultimate enemy for right. Bruce but Lee. As a little fucking aperitif, as a little uh, appetizer for us, he fights Scarface like halfway through the movie yeah. and fucking absolutely destroys him including uh but not limited to uh scarface running towards him and he just lays down puts his foot up and just scarface <laughs> runs his balls right across his yeah. foot he uses your momentum to kick you in the balls fight without fighting baby honestly ryan mike we all deserve the awards a kick for to the balls uh, i'm gonna go first for recommendations uh jackie chan was in this movie uh, I love Jackie Chan. We don't get to see him as much anymore. And a movie you won't get to see him in, but you'll get to listen to him in, is the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles animated movie. Is so good. Um, I keep telling this to my wife, and she's just like, that's great, honey. Okay, finish your sandwich. But this <laughs> is such a funny movie. Probably the funniest movie I've seen this year, or certainly one of them. And Jackie Chan's really hilarious in it. Uh, he plays uh, Splinter. And just owns the scene that he's in, but the movie is wire to wire perfection, and it also celebrates the martial arts in its own special way. Great, not to be like your wife or Splinter, our relationship, but I keep telling you this too. I haven't seen it. What? Yes, I haven't seen it either. That's been is that true? It's true. I haven't watched it What's yet. What's wrong with you? Wow, I have talked to you about this movie as if you have seen it like seven or eight times. I had no idea you hadn't seen I this movie. I keep telling yet. you this, and you just... It, I, I, I refuse to <laughs> record this into my memory. It's like a fact that just your brain won't listen to. Yeah. Wow. Did you like it? <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, what is your recommendation? Uh, it's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. <laughs> my, um... It's a recommendation to me. <laughs> so... I uh, yeah I didn't grow up with uh, a lot of these Bruce Lee movies, but when I did grow up, the kind of movie that I was into was a little different. So I'm gonna recommend a movie that I haven't heard anybody talk about in twenty thirty years, which is called Dragon: Colon the Bruce Lee Story. The Bruce Lee Story, yeah. Uh, which is a biopic, and I know we hate those here, but the reason why I think this is a cool biopic, uh, aside from the director. The director of The Fast and the Furious and Dragon Heart, a different dragon Crazy movie, career. who I think was thrown in jail for having sex with his daughter. Oh, wow. Uh, don't quote me on that. Um, I, you know what? I won't. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Why would you? Is um, I'm quoting Ryan here. Because um, it, th- the reason it's a little bit different is because it takes the curse of the Lee family mm-hmm. that Bruce really believed in and then did carry on with the son kind of yeah. and just sort of takes it as fact and so it oh, is wow. very fictional in a lot of ways but like tells a story a fictional story right it's not like how rare then, for a biopic it's not the wikipedia <laughs> of and then this happened and then this happened and then this happened but like tells the story of this guy who you know travels from here to here and tries to make a career but with all of this sort of I don't want to say magic, but, like, these beliefs are heavily involved. And it, There's, it re- like, a whole fight scene that's, like, a spiritual, like, there's a, the, the mirror fight scene is referenced in that movie. Right, and, like, his dreams, you know, that he goes through, it's, it's, it's hard to tell what is, uh, you know, reality and what is mm-hmm. his dreams. 
And it reminded me of the other very, very, very important biopic of my youth, which was La Bamba, of what is what was true and what was created out of superstition. Because it's kind of it's kind of like almost about the persona more than the man mm-hmm. in a way, yeah. And it also um included Lauren Holly. And I realized look uh, just thinking about Dragon the Bruce Lee story today, how important Lauren Holly was to mm-hmm. my to that, childhood. To that whole thing, yeah. To my era. His girlfriend and then wife, right? And that right. yeah. Yes. Um great. Lauren Holly. <laughs> Mike, what do you recommendation? Uh in twenty twenty one, uh we used to call straight to DVD, but I don't think that exists. So straight to streaming. Mm-hmm. Uh Max has a bunch of Batman cartoon movies oh, that yeah. rip ass. Oh hell and yeah. And Batman colon Soul of the Dragon came out. And in this movie, it's Batman, Lady Shiva, Bronze Tiger, and then a new character uh, who I think is at least slightly based on not just Bruce Lee, but Lee, is Richard Dragon. Uh, And it goes between flashbacks of when they met and the modern getting the band back together. They were all trained in the ways, martial arts together. And it is a spy, and Richard. Dra- it's it's Richard Dragon's movie. Batman's there, so people will watch it. But he is the star of it, and he is so suave and fucking rules. Uh, I if you want say, more of this guy, but they, with Batman, obviously the Marvel Cinematic Universe back when it was good, that was the thing. DC Cinematic Universe sucks, but there is a a different cinematic universe, which is their animated movies, and those yeah. DC animated movies are a lot of fun, and they don't take themselves too seriously, and they're dedicated to just being cool animated movies because there's another one where they're all like it's all set in like feudal japan although Uh it moves off that concept rather quickly but so they're all samurai and stuff it's just a fun good time at the at the max oh and hey shitheads uh there's 60 of them yeah uh, i don't know if we still call them pay pigs do we oh yeah why not Uh, well they're free pigs now and hey free pigs there's 60 of them like there's 60 hour to two hour long dc adventures that are like you know, some of them are two and a half stars, but a lot of them are three and a half star movies yeah. out there. Like New Frontier is out oh, there. Yeah, like absolutely. you could just go watch that. And and they're trying to do new things and they're trying to do fun things and they fly under the radar. And sometimes for like a media property, that's a real gift because it's like yeah. no one is futzing with them too much. But yeah, there, I recommend the whole fleet. One I watched recently, I can't remember the name of it, but it's basically Batman meets Cthulhu. Yeah. Doom, did the Doom wait, that came to Gotham? Fights or yeah. meets? Oh, they just meet and then they have fun. It's kind but of it's, based on that Mike Mignola uh, comic, right? Oh, yeah, it's almost like it, Hellboy and yes, yeah. But he's so not Batman. He's just like a dude dealing with this for a while. He's like, "This is crazy." Like <laughs> they, they're like, "No, I just it's again, it's very fun." We're like, "I want to tell this cool story. I guess we'll put Batman in it so people will watch it." But mm-hmm. Batman has not the star. And that's been the big problem with the straight to DVD line is that for every swamp thing that they do, let's say. Then they have to do t- one Superman, one Batman. You yeah. know, they don't. They just can't afford to do like a bunch of weird Dead Man oh, DVDs. One thing that's kind but of fun is they have they do the big arcs that you might expect, like so the the Red Sun arc, and, uh-huh. and so it's kind of fun because if you don't want to, if you if you're just looking for something to watch that is familiar, you can like pick any of these Batman arcs, and there's probably going to be a cool movie about but, it. Like I don't know how much sleeper hits these can be because they have have literally made sixty over fifteen years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, that is awards and recommendations. When we come back... Do you want to read this, Greg, real quick? What am I reading? Director Rob Cohen's daughter uh, accuses him of sexual assault. Yeah, so it sounds like... 
That's a real thing. It, Thank you, Ryan. Yeah. Thank you for holding that up and saying, do I want to read Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, awards and recommendations. <laughs> and when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, how well we think this movie is going to do in our bracket and who won tonight's episode. Mike, you received 28 points. All right, that's pretty all right, good. All right. And that's pretty good. But, Ryan, you got 32 you are our champion. Still flying high on that advice I gave you. Still putting it into practice. Ryan, you obviously are the grand champion of tonight's show. How well do we think Enter the Dragon is going to do in the bracket? The, the more we talked about it, um, and I could see that you two, um, like, going different from me because I feel like that's how the whole year is gone. Uh, the smarter I get, the dumber you two get. True. We're done with points, right? Uh, yeah. The okay. Point, the so the smarter I get, the dumber next you- week. Yeah, but I can't remember that long because of how dumb. See his previous oh, comment. <laughs> um, I just uh, I'm looking for different things from these movies. I'm like trying to figure out what, like, what mo- why movies are good. And Bruce Lee's so good in this movie that who cares about the rest? You know, like yes. Uh, you you have what you're good at, and then what you're bad at does it matters less. Um, so it's like you're so good at gymnastics. I don't care if you're good at baseball. Here's the gymnastics gold medal is sort of what I'm thinking. Some parts of this movie are like the scenes that they show um, from like the the non-sex scenes from the porno that Dirk Diggler is making. Like <laughs> you're running on the rooftop and there's just a big zoom. Yeah, <laughs> it's rough. It's rough around the edges. Uh, but yeah, I had such a blast and like I I I keep going back to Roger Ebert's thing of like what did this mm-hmm. set out to do. And yeah. if I think about it, then it's a four-star movie. And I'm not giving it four stars. I'm just saying Roger Ebert would, though, right? I mean, in terms of the martial arts action, I believe I have never seen a movie with better fight scenes in it and cooler fight scenes and diverse fight scenes, too. Like, we've talked about all the times he's, like, kicking and punching. But mm-hmm. he also does, like, cool grappling moves that just, like, were not part of the story of the martial arts in, the, in like, movies until that point. He invented uh, MMA yeah. came from this movie, like a real yeah, his, sport because of this movie. His early armbar uh, in the first fight scene, he ends it with an armbar, and people literally say that is the birth of MMA. <laughs> well, you could do two movie. things. <laughs> <laughs> There's a part in this movie where, and I couldn't fit it into an award or a conversation, but um, in the very, very foreground is the back of Han's head, and it's not Han; it's a dummy, mm-hmm. but it's so close that we can't tell. And Bruce Lee takes it out with such a fucking hard kick that it's just gone in a second. <laughs> That's one of the moments when he when, when it seems for a second like you're actually watching a guy get kicked in the head where I was like, to whoa! Death. <laughs> to death. Like, he, he just got kicked into a brain hemorrhage. And, yeah, there's so many little ingenious things that, like, I really will not think... A week from now, I will not think about the dumb things again. And that's yeah. one of the things that the sploits get away with is that when it comes time to voting, like, yeah. when we get to the bracket, I don't know, man. I, like... Would I put money on this to win? Probably not. Would I put money on this to uh, make a round or two, jump a round or two, or like win some Moody's? Yeah, I don't know. Hell yeah. I have to say, the more we've done these movies, the more I've been into the rough edges, too. Like, there's a scene where Han is talking to um, Williams, and the editing is like so choppy, but Williams still has like a lot of personality and a lot of charisma in it. And there's something about the roughness that's almost endearing in those moments. It feels warm and real or something like that. Also, like looking back on 73 now, and I, I love how we have a time for re- reflection every week. But uh, when we look at Sisters and Mean Streets and um, Enter the Dragon, 
like I have such warm feelings. And when we think about Westworld, you can see the difference between good rough edges and yeah, bad rough yeah, edges. That's a good point. And then uh, think about like no rough edges, like a really well sanded good movie. Like what are those? Yeah, they're just not interesting. Can you even name one? The, a movie without rough edges. Like a classic Hollywood Oscar movie? E.T. No, but from 73, though. Oh. <laughs> Is it one we decided not to watch? <laughs> I mean, Serpico? I guess Serpico would be the one that There's seems... rough edges in there, though. Yeah, but that's a rough movie. Is it, what Weren't the 70s, though? Wasn't this a time of, like, just grab the camera, go down to the street in Manhattan, and just film right there? Like, it feels like the rough was, like, being embraced at this time. Is that is that your whole point? No, it's just like I can't even think of like what is the, what is like the one that we're supposed to like or like what is what are the old ass boomer Oscar voters supposed well, to watch? Well, okay, we the way we were, we got rid of that movie and then we shit on it every chance we get. But I think that that really, is like we fucking hate that movie. Yeah, honestly, right now, fuck the way we were. Yeah, uh, but that is probably the the Hollywood old guard that we are not we're not paying any attention to. Well, I wish Enter the Dragon luck. I I think it might have a chance to, as the you say, Ryan. The Sting. Okay, that is a very polished, wonderful. Did it? That was. I couldn't remember if that was this season or not. It feels so long ago. We will be back next week with a fresh episode. But until then, listeners, please do me a favor. Keep watching those movies. 